On this show, they cover the biggest news stories, give their fact-based opinions, and interview many great people from all across the Fruited Plains. These stories and experiences are what make up the fabric of this great country. This isn't just any show. This is the Matt and Pat Show. Live in Fresno, California, here are your hosts, Matt and Pat. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Matt and Pat Show, the long-awaited episode. We've been busy the last few weeks traveling the country, speaking at events, and, yeah, attending all types of functions. And, yeah, how are you doing, Patrick? I'm doing great, man. You know, school just got out, getting ready for conference season, going to be down in Tampa pretty soon. Um, yeah, it's going pretty awesome. Yeah, I know it's been busy. Um, yeah, shout out to Hollister, um, TPUSA. We had an yeah. event there last week. Over 100 people in Hollister showed up for our TPUSA event. And yeah, there will be a chapter there soon. And yeah, really excited to see the movement this past year and being able to um, yeah, see the growth in the Central Valley specifically and across the country. Over 1,000 high school and college campuses across the country. Um, yeah, a little bit about what I do is I'm a field representative for TPUSA. Um, this podcast isn't a reflection of those views, um, just as a little reminder, but that's a little bit of my day job and as I work with students and help inspire the next generation of leaders in our country. Um, but yeah, we've been busy with that and yeah, anything else going on, Patrick? Uh, nothing at the moment right now, just living through this crazy news. I know. It's, it seems like there's a new cycle. Um, every single day there's a new bombshell. There's always some kind of thing. Um, that really is uh, quite interesting, I would say. Um, yeah. <laughs> some of the stuff we've seen this week is CNN celebrating the Communist Party of China. Dude, it's insane. Sometimes I, I, I look at these articles and I was like, this has to be made up. Like the babbling bee had to put this out. There's no way this is real. It has to be complete satire. No, no, no. It's completely true and it's real and it's scary that it's actually happening and you can't make this stuff up anymore. Yeah, and you can actually become Korean now. You can be transracial. Yeah what then that like if he's allowed if that's okay then that means that this whole race debate that we've been having doesn't exist because you can change your race yep it goes into the whole no absolute truth of the left and that's something that we battle every single day there's no truth facts or logic there's no science behind any science there's no nothing he's literally just changing his appearance to match the characteristics of someone who is korean he is if you were to look at his genetics they wouldn't match up with anybody in Korea. Well, I don't know his whole family background, but I'm assuming there wouldn't be a large percentage of him that's from Korea. Yep. And then the biggest story probably of the whole weekend, as we saw with the Olympics with Gwen Berry, and that's actually we're going to hop into our first segment, and it's going to be our victor or victim segment. Um, we pick a victor and a victim of every single week. Um, yeah, and pretty much talk about who is the victor and victim of the week, and we will hop right into that. All right, we got the boxing bell right into it. Here we go. As you guys know, Gwen Berry, she turned away from the national anthem. Um, And what place did she finish again? She got third, and I believe the Olympic trials, something that athletes dream of. It's, It's an honor just to come up fourth in the Olympic trials. It's an honor just to make it to the Olympic trials for most athletes. But apparently she is so pressed in a country that would even allow her to go to the Olympic trials. Yep, as you guys know, uh, U.S. hammer thrower Gwen Berry, uh, when the national anthem played, the American flag, um, this is somebody that loved um, 
this country just a few years ago when she was in Rio in just the past few days. Pictures have resurfaced of her with American flag proud to be going to Rio. Um, and pretty much as she got it, she said she was pissed um, that the Star Spangled Banner had played. And I almost thought, man, is this the, the country that you're representing? Are you from Japan? Are you from, yeah. like, what? Let me make some sense out of this. No, it's a, it's like four years ago we weren't dealing with uh, CRT taking root, and now we've let it. And this is what we're left with is, is athletes. I mean, she is, I was I was Googling this whole, this whole um, report on this incident, and I was reading about it, and she said that she asked them before the, um, before the like trial started that she wanted the anthem played after she was off of the podium. So she was already assuming that she was going to even make it onto the podium. She like, that's how good she has it, that she can just assume that she's the best and that she'll be on that podium, which she was. And congratulations to her for her hard work, but turning away from the national anthem and then saying that she was set up because they were following tradition of playing the national anthem on the podium. And last time I checked, we're in a democracy. And if two of those girls want the national anthem played, that outranks her. Yep. Just, it's just obvious. Yeah, no, and that's something that many people were, were angered about. We saw many posts, and I think everybody was slamming her, even people that were like, hey, you're supposed to be there representing the United States of America, and no other country has well, given so much more opportunity um, for as many people as we have and to lift a billion people out of poverty through the most moral economic yeah. system, through capitalism, and to have one of the most diverse Olympic teams. You look at every other country that goes to the, goes to the Olympics, and everybody's kind of very similar in a lot of things. But then you go and look at the United States team. It's so diverse of many people. Um, e pluribus, una, the greatest country in the history of the world. And so I was like, okay, she hadn't, like, she she couldn't have been like this forever, right? Like, No, no, at, no one's born nobody's crazy. Nobody's born. Um, she did have her activist athlete shirt yeah, what post. Activist athlete. Can you imagine having the privilege to be an activist athlete? Like, in China, they probably don't have a black person on their Olympic team. Yeah. So, and exactly, like it goes back to the point of having one of the most diverse Olympic teams and being able to send yeah. as many great American athletes to the Olympics every single year. Um, so I looked back, um, and one of the things that I had noticed is is that she went to Southern Illinois University, and I was like, okay, let me look further into the school. Let me see where how woke this school is per se, right? Every every school has a woke scale, right? You have the extremely woke school, maybe like a Berkeley. Yeah. Um, you have more of like the conservative end of the spectrum, like maybe a Hillsdale College, a Liberty University. So I looked in. This school um, in 2018 actually uh, had to pay $10,000 to a student group on campus because they got sued um, by Alliance Defending Freedom. And they challenged the constitutionality of the school's free speech policy in October of 2018. All for a free speech ball on campus. Oh, man, that's dreadful. <laughs> Jeez. So the report was saying that it was scaring classmates and they had failed to secure the proper permission to hold the demonstration. A free speech ball. An eight-foot free speech ball. Someone called scared. Jesus. Yes. Um, and the police reported said that the ball is freaking a lot of people out. <laughs> like, this is... This is where our country is. This is where our college campuses are. That a ball, a beach ball, with people writing their opinions and thoughts on a speech ball was scary, offensive. This is something that is kind of shows, I guess, the the temperature of campus. Um, and yeah, it just kind of goes to show, like, 
that the indoctrination is real on the college campuses. So yeah. stem back into Gwen Beer. I know she had graduated years previously, but you don't know what these students are learning on campus. They're learning critical race theory. They're they're learning to hate their country, and this is across the whole spectrum. Math is racist now. Um, his, the history is is so crooked and wrong. Our country was founded in 1619. It just doesn't make any sense. But yeah, Gwen Berry, um, it was good. You got your, uh, what do they say? How many? 10 seconds of fame or whatever. 10 seconds of fame. And I it's mean. over. And yeah, she'll just be another another activist. Maybe um, Nike will pick her up. Yeah, in yeah in that part of history. And yeah, and we're just going to move on from that. And we're going to get into the victor of the week. And that is everybody's favorite person right now. This guy won in the straw poll just about a week ago. And they say is probably one of the best candidates for the 2024 election, which is Ron De DeSantis. Now, what are your thoughts, Patrick, well, on the victory as, of the week? As Alex Clark has once said, Daddy DeSantis wins again. Oh, man. <laughs> that was so cringe. <laughs> that was cringe. Uh, oh, man. I take Why? that back. Oh, but man. this man, he's really, he is America's governor. He is. Um, he's doing a great job. He's bringing in legislation that is entirely a part of the conservative movement. He's making his state more freer. I know it's not really a word, but he's making his state more free. I mean, he first day of Pride Month, he bans um, transgender females from playing in female sports. A real win. And he didn't back down. No, he, he will not. He will not back down. He has that, dare I say it, MAGA spirit that we all saw in President Trump. And I think that's embodying Ron right now. And he's doing an amazing, incredible job in Florida. I'd love to move to Florida from California if I had the chance. I would. Yeah, it's uh, incredible to see you have you have uh, banning biological men playing in female sports, and the big one, of course, recently is critical race theory being taught in schools. And the thing about critical race theory, which we'll be hopping right into our uh, next segment here in just a few moments, is that critical race theory has been coming under different names. Yeah. Uh, ethnic studies, uh, social mm -hmm. emotional learning, and we'll actually be bringing on uh, Kelly Shinkusky, uh in a future episode and doing an interview with her to talk about what is actually going on. Um, and we'll have a piece that we'll talk about here in a bit. Um, but yeah, it's um, DeSantis is pretty much says that um, it teaches people to view as the most important characteristic. And obviously, if you are a certain racist, Caucasian or whatnot, the view is that in a negative light. And that's what critical race theory um, hopping into segment two, what the heck is critical race theory? Everybody has been talking about it, um, but I feel like it's it's a good time for the, the sound effect. Here we Alrighty, dump, dump, dump. Oh, wow, there we go. We got some extra sounds effects. We'll have to edit that out. <laughs> um, but yeah, I wanted to bring up a piece by Christopher Rufo uh, discussing critical race theory from Hillsdale College. Um, it'll be a link in the show notes. So you guys can go and check that out. Um, but it, uh, it does stem from the Marx view um, of the oppressed and the oppressor um, between, uh, yeah, just having this relationship and being able to explain it to people. Because I know I go up to people, yeah, critical race theory, uh, this is, uh, yeah, it's, it's racist, yeah, and um, it shouldn't be taught in schools, but being able to kind of give you some of the tools to be able to kind of explain this to it. Um, and as you guys know, um, within Marxism and socialism and communism and the, um, and the communist manifesto is that eventually uh, there will be a revolution um, and they will bring in the communist state. 
um, as we've seen in uh, in China, yeah. the Soviet Union, Cambodia, and Cuba, etc., costing over 100 million people's lives, and even those that weren't didn't even have the opportunity to be born. Well, that wasn't the right version of Marxism. Remember that. Yeah, no, it actually that wasn't never the, happened. That wasn't the yeah. left. I would do better this time, even though it's failed seven more times. So what they did is they, uh, and Rufo talks about this, is uh, the economic dialect of capitalists and workers. They substituted race for class, and now they're back on race. They're trying to divide the people of the United States. Um, and this comes in through different euphemisms of words like equity, social justice, diversity yeah. and inclusion, and culturally responsive teaching. Um, and this is happening all across the country. Uh, just in Cupertino, California, not too far away from us, an elementary school forced first graders to deconstruct their racial and sexual identities and rank themselves according to their power and privilege. In, Spring in Springfield, Missouri, a middle class forced teachers to locate themselves on an oppression matrix based on the idea that straight, white, English-speaking Christian males are members of the oppressor class and must atone to their privilege and convert or covert white supremacy. And Someone in, better make an acronym for that. Right, right. Um, in Philadelphia, an elementary school forced fifth graders to celebrate black communism and simulate a black power rally to free 1960s radical Angela Davis from prison where she had once been held on charges of murder. And this keeps going on and on and on. And I actually saw this at my own university through our, some of our leadership training, now being a graduate as of May of this year. So happy to be out of there. Congrats. Um, and this is something that uh, I didn't realize was happening, um, but I do talk about this when I speak at different uh, places around the state and around the country, is is about privilege walks and the stuff that we had to do in our leadership. They said, hey, guys, we're going to do a team bonding exercise. And this stems off Peggy McIntosh's uh, 40 observations of white privilege. And we'd have everybody line up in a room, and you would go forward based on, have you been suicidal in the past three months? Did you grow up with two parents? Do you have band-aids that match your skin color? <laughs> so this is the stuff that we had in our schools um, for our top leaders of our university, people that were going to be uh, residential assistants, people that were going to be welcoming in the freshmen. They were already looking at this matrix of, oh, you have the oppressed and the oppressor. And the thing about it is, is with these different types of privilege walks, um, it actually you can filter the questions to make people the most like privileged and less privileged based on the questions that you ask. Um, and one thing that surprised me often was, I guess I, I looked into further about the exercise. You're supposed to close your eyes, but nothing saddened me more than when they asked, have you ever been suicidal before? And to see students in my own class take a step backwards and to visually see the people in the class that had that or grew up with one parent in the household. Um, and this, this is something that we saw here at Fresno Pacific University here here in town. And this is stuff we did as leader. And this happened multiple times. People RAs would do this with students. And this was just kind of the early signs of this within the college university system at my school. I went there thinking it was a Christian university and they were already furthering that agenda within the university. Um, so like, what the heck is going on? Why is this being pushed down our throats? Why are parents starting to stand up now? I think those are some of the questions that we have to I answer, think, right? I think parents didn't know that it was happening because we didn't pinpoint it or we didn't give it a name. Before, I remember I'd sit in like middle school and we'd talk about an inequality, right? Or we'd have like homeroom and we'd have to do um, and talk about the differences that we all have at home. 
and things like that. Or we'd learn about BLM right when it started sparking up, you know, five years ago. You know, we didn't really think about all that. We just thought, oh, it's a segment trying to create community on campus. But really, it's divisive as hell. And I think the part of the pandemic, it's a blessing and a curse. But kids being at home, parents are finally realizing, at least the knowledgeable parents that care about what their kids are actually learning, um, have been able to see this curriculum. And it's toxic. Yeah. You're teaching people to designate each other's value based on the color of their skin. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yep, and, and we've seen it in, like, as early as kindergarten, first grade as here, as yeah. you're saying, Cupertino. It's like, oh, well, I'm a press, and also you're already pushing sexual, uh, comprehensive sex education as well. What is this, with kindergartners? This is, this is like, first grade, Cupertino. First grade. Okay, so my main question is, like, if you were going to justify this whole sex ed class, right? Why do first graders need to know that? Since when are first graders, and it, you know, if this gets cringy, but when are first graders sexually active? Yeah. Why would they ever need to know about this? Yeah, and nowhere this, close. And I'm going to use a quote from uh, Kelly Shinkusky, who spoke last week at Hollister with uh, Blexet as well as on her personal. Yeah. Um, was talking about what happened to letting kids be kids. You have such a short time in your life. Yeah. 18 years. Um, that you're able to grow up, be a kid, go out, have fun with your friends, go out to movies, go out to the park, like go jump in the mud, you know, doing all these things that we have as kids. And and I, one thing I feel so bad about our generation is, is the fact that we've actually had to grow up so quickly. We're in high school, we're already talking about yeah. sexual identity, uh, I'm oppressed. I can't do anything in this country. America's yeah. the worst no, yeah. society to grow up in. And it's like, you're so overwhelmingly privilege in the United States. We've built a class, a generation of students that are entitled. No, they're extremely entitled. It's almost sickening that I'm going to go be a keyboard warrior and say things that are completely anti-American and it's completely legal and you'll get away with it and you won't be arrested. But if you go do that in China against the Chinese government, You'll be arre- you could probably be murdered. I'm gonna be honest. You'll probably disappear. Yeah, your whole family would probably disappear. No, exactly. And um, and but we, the CCP is so great. Yeah, CCP, and they've been excellent. If you want to move there or even visit, they have their beautiful tracking systems. Within yeah. a week of you being there, if you fly you have to in, stay at a hotel. You have to stay at a hotel, and they will track you while your time is there. And they have cameras that will track everywhere you go. And you think that these people are so happy, and oh my goodness. Um, yeah, it's not it's not good, and it kind of goes into um, a little bit of Gramsci um, in the 20th century talks about this is achieving a cultural hegemony, um, and this is something that he talked about is if you want to win in the culture war um, in terms of what the left was doing, they pretty much like uh, rules for radicals keep the pressure on until you fold, yeah. and so many times or time after time conservatives have continued to fold on the simplest of issues that are supposed to be core conservative beliefs we say oh that's okay three years later okay this is this is acceptable now and this is something that i i call all conservative you identify as conservative is staying rooted in your beliefs no no more of this folding kind of libertarian conservative yeah exactly and look where they're at they're in power like I understand that everybody has freedom to live the life that they want to live. But at the end of the day, in your household and your life, when you vote, you should be promoting the values that you want. You know, we need to promote the things that we care about and we need to fight for the things that we care about. 
Yep. Okay, at the end of the day, someone has a choice to deny and not accept what we have to offer, which is perfectly fine. But at the end of the day, I'm still going to fight and take a stand. The left does not budge. Why are we budging? Why are the Republicans actually accepting Biden's infrastructure bill? Yep. What? In, in enough of the establishment, I, th I don't think we can say this enough, that there is a new Republican Party that has formed through the Trump movement. People are tired of establishment politicians. I think we got that. And I think we have to do our job as conservatives is not only like we're going to win the ideas in the marketplace of ideas. We're going we're gonna to have the better idea. The better idea wins. No, it's about putting people in the position to go and take office, a public office, yeah. start attending city council meetings, start attending school board meetings, because guess what? After the wall fell in the 90s and communism fell, conservatives got lazy, and that's what happened to our country. Yeah. We gave education away in the 60s, the Great Society Act. We started incentivizing single motherhood. We started to give more money to be a single mother, and guess what happened? Families fell apart, and now 70% of black babies do not grow up with a father. Yeah. Our, our cities are going to, to shambles. These policies do not work and they're meant to fail. Why is it so hard to stand up for common sense policies? I think everybody wants a little bit more money in their wallet to spend on their family. Yeah. Everybody wants to raise their kids in a safe neighborhood. Families need a tax break. Yeah, they need a tax break. <laughs> and it's making it easier to have policies that help families grow and be able to have that instead of what our generation as as a as a man in this generation, now it's incentivized like, oh, we'll push off marriage. Um, have the instant gratifications of things like pornography. Mm -hmm. And that is destroying our generation. Yep. And that's not even talked about as much as this stuff is so easily accessible. And now we're bringing in stuff. Because they say it's natural. It's natural. What is, like, if you, this is going to get kind of cringe, but if you want to talk about, like, sexuality, what's natural about watching someone else have sex online? And it's scientifically proven that it does warp the brain. And it does cause damage. And listen, people have a right to go watch whatever they want. But promoting it and lying to people and saying that it's healthy, like what Planned Parenthood does, and you can go on their website, they'll say pornography is natural. It's a natural thing to watch. It's harmless. Yeah. No, exactly. It's all about exploring your sexuality. That when is no, that natural? That doesn't happen in nature. Exactly. Nature, you don't see lions walking around watching other lions have sex. It's not how it works. No, and um, and it's just disgusting. It's a sliding slope of yeah different things that are that are just unholy in the sense. Of, of the world, um, and that's coming from a Christian perspective. We're both Christians, yeah. um, and that's something that we look at. But being able to say, hey, enough is enough. Why are our first graders learning this? This is Why? not acceptable. And it's, Public school. You're basically paying for it. Yeah, it <laughs> your exactly. Tax dollars your are tax dollars paying. are paying for it. So why not go and oppose this at our school board meetings, our city council meetings, because our society as a whole has degraded to a point where degeneracy is promoted, and this is the thing. And That's the word, degeneracy. It's degeneracy. And the thing is, the libertarian movement has brought in this, oh, well, this is acceptable. It's freedom. Let people do what they want. Yeah, to an that, extent. But yeah, the thing is, these exactly. things make people unhappy. No. They're not fulfilling. Life is not about having the instant gratification of, of sex and multiple partners through pornography. It's not about having the instant gratification of having things delivered to your door and eating everything you want because – 
freedom in itself. No, it really is. No, and I know you're laughing. Sorry, when you said eating everything you want, all I could think was like Pac-Man going down the line. I know, right? (laughs) Right, eating everything you want, and and like Uh, and having multiple partners, and all these things and these ideas, and and being whatever. I'm just gonna be um, the rainbow unicorn Korean white kid from Britain. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And this is not a path. I'm a non-binary cucumber, and you will you will respect. It's not even just the decline of America. It's the decline the decline of like human life no it is and listen back to the whole uh, public school education yeah you know if they want to promote this then i want to be able to take my tax dollars that go to education to public education i want to receive a grant so that i can send my kids to either a um a private school or do a homeschool program i should not have to pay out-of-pocket extra for my kids public school education if I don't agree with what they're being taught, I should have a choice to send my kids to a school that I agree with. So here's the problem. You're not giving parents a choice on whether or not they should be sending their kids to public school. They don't have that choice because not all parents can afford afford private school. But they're already all paying for it in their tax dollars. But then they're paying for their kids to learn crap. Exactly. Brain-rotting crap that causes division and hate. Yep. And and I always, I always say this is we have as a generation – the easiest generation we can order amazon it's there in two days we can have doordash we can have somebody pick us up with an uber we have everything at our fingertips we have an entitled generation and yet people are the most depressed suicidal and saddened generation in the history of the world because of the the too much of a good thing i think it's also a lack of a lack of human connection Yes, I agree. Like us sitting down and doing this and being able to chat about these issues, it's not promoted because why don't you just go on Reddit? Why don't you go on Twitter to simulate? Just go on Pornhub, right? Like these guys, they want to simulate. Are sitting at home all day watching pornography. They have no social skills when it comes to women or whatever the hell they're into. There's no social skills because they don't talk to people. They stay inside all day. They order their Amazon. They order their food and they get on their pornography website and it's instant self-gratification like what you're talking yep. about and then and then you bring in the whole new wave feminism that all men are oh. evil that every and then it's like but then it's like no people don't desire that people desire to get married and have kids but that's been taken away from our generation and it's us as men to stand up and be there for women and help support and start families and yeah. that's the whole core of society aristotle talks about this um is the family structure in society and that's actually going to put us into the next segment is the epic times just reported that the number of children raised by two parents rises to a 30-year high yeah it's a win i mean it is a win um i was talking about this the other day and my i guess you'd call them my friend i don't know liberal person I talked to that messages me on Instagram um, said, why is it such a good thing? Kids grow up with two parents. That's, that is it. That's a great thing. And that's a 30 year high. That means in the last 30 years, we're actually starting to return from the heartache and the broken families that we've been dealing with. And we're actually starting to grow. And I think honestly, looking at what the COVID pandemic um, and being able to be at home with your family, I think either strengthened or ruined family. I think it tested. It tested. It te- definitely tested marriages that weren't actually real. It yeah. tested families that weren't strong enough to handle it. Um, but I also think it strengthened families. I think it gave mothers more time with their children 
because and they it honestly, honestly, looking at it, it actually made you pay attention to the most important things in your life. I, you're not again, nine to five was at home. So then you had to be there with the family and it, and it kind of forced, like you said, a, a better connection with your family. And it's like, Hey, these are the things that matter in life is starting a family, having kids, yeah. um, and being able to be, be productive and keep those relationships stronger. I know I felt that this past year. I, um, usually a guy that runs around and travels, every day of the year it feels like and i have to sometimes take a step back and be like oh no family family's important um and that's the thing in our society that's not promoted anymore we need to promote our our family values we need to promote more opportunities for people um shoot it's so easy to find a job right now they'll pay you to go get an interview to go do something and be productive yeah. i don't care if you got to go work at mcdonald's better be the best damn employee go, in go there join the, the meat packing industry they need people like crazy the demand's going through the roof because at the end of the day the government isn't your mother and father they're not supposed to take care they're of you not your friend they're not your friend, and they are for your own demise. These big tech companies are not for you either. They want to create. They have scientists working on the addiction yeah. of it. They do it in food as well. These are these are things that are willing to profit over people. Exactly. Anybody that is making money off of you, whether that be directly or indirectly, does not have your best interest at heart. It, they have your wallet at heart. That's what's in their best interest. Yeah. So stop thinking that these people care about you because at the end of the day money walks and bullcrap yeah and i think that's the one thing i think is a clear distinction is this this idea that oh as a conservative well yeah we believe in capitalism being the moral economic uh foundation of our country but also at the same time capitalism in the crony capitalism sense i know patrick you want to explain this because i feel like so many people miss and misunderstand what crony capitalism and then true capitalism in the moral so, sense is crony capitalism I guess a great, um, so a lot of people, um, uh, Tulsi Gabbard does a really good, I listened to her do a really good speech on this. She talks about crony capitalism and like capitalism is great. I agree with it a hundred percent. I think it's the best way for a human to have humans to have the best development in society. I think it's the most beneficial when it's properly applied without corruption. Crony capitalism is capitalism with heavy corruption. That means the Justice Department's been corrupted, which we're dealing with right now, which is why no one will crack down on the tech companies because the FBI doesn't care. They yeah. don't. Um, and I'm not saying it's a left or a right-wing problem. It should be a problem for everybody because no one knows what's the FBI's plan. What's the NSA's plan? Yeah. You know, that's crony capitalism. It's when these companies are getting so big and becoming these huge monopoly-like industries that they have so much power over the modern-day life of the everyday American. We are no longer living in American capitalism. We're living in crony capitalism. We're living in something that's close to like what the left says. Like I've met liberals that say that Venezuela is a capitalist country. I was like, first of all, it's not. I was like, their um, government official sees the means of production. I was like, you can call it socialism. You can call it crony capitalism, but it's not capitalism at the end of the day. It's yep. nowhere near what we have in America, but what we do have in America, we are losing because we are letting these tech companies, these Nike. Um, well, Nike just said this week that they're not a company of the U.S., but a company of China and for China. Yeah, well, because they use Jaeger slaves, the Muslim, the ethnic Muslim population there, to um, make the cotton for Nike. Yep. And I don't know how much of that is used in the material as far as goes for Nike, but I do know that. 
cotton is being made by these yeah. slaves in but, China. But I guess uh, on the world stage, America's to blame for every single issue. She, yeah. Iran put out today that it is actually uh, not a human rights violation to, to murder children. China, it, pollution. It, India, pollution. The biggest polluters in the world. Dude, and actually, it's incredible. It, yeah. We clean up. When we go and clean up our beaches, like anybody in America goes and cleans up their beaches, you're cleaning up trash from most of it's coming from China. Yep. America actually has some really good environmental policies when it comes to keeping trash out of the environment. But the problem is that China is literally and India are using the ocean as a dumping place. Mm-hmm. And it, it, people are like, oh, it's not going to float over. Yes, it is going to float over here. And somebody needs to put China in place because at the end of the day, I don't want my fish having microplastic in them. Because then it gets into my body and then I'm pissed off. Yep. And, and it's crazy that, like, the U.S., um, the first – after they pulled out of the climate accord, they are the number one in reducing of carbon emissions. But, okay, who cares? The world's going to yeah. be done by 2030. So yeah, what's Biden done for carbon emissions but try, besides try to wreck the economy? And right now he's trying to sell um, electric car industry over to China? Yeah. Are you kidding me right – I mean – and well, and let's be generous. Generous that Biden is leading this country right now. We even Joe Rogan was saying this guy is crippling before our eyes. We don't really have a leader. It's just a person. We have a puppet that Nancy Pelosi wakes up in the morning with a with a bell, and then Kamala walks down to clean up all of his mess. You know, I was reading that thing about Kamala and working in her office. I was like, I'd have a hard time too. I'd be, I'd be a. You know what, too, to every staffers and interns if I had to deal with Biden. I mean, she had to remind Biden of the collapse in Miami with the condo. Yeah. He was like, oh, sorry, folks. A bunch of people just died in Miami, but I'm going to I'm gonna circle back to that right now because my vice president had to remind me because I didn't take my Adderall this morning. Exactly. Well, speaking of Nancy Pelosi, um, people are starting to wake up in San Francisco. 70% a recent poll um, done. Actually, and this is from – this is a Fox News piece – and I actually further looked into it, that say that 70% of respondents say quality of life on decline. And I think we've seen this for years with San Francisco. Once a beautiful city, I, I visited this No, this, it, it this was city. once a beautiful city. Yeah, I visited this city about two years ago, and, and just being able to, or not two years ago, but 10 years ago when I was younger. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, we could already start to see the tide turn. You saw the homeless increasing. You saw the drugs and crime use yeah. going up. But when you have policies like Prop 47 um, oh, that got instituted um, in 2014 that reclassified nonviolent thefts as misdemeanors. And as long as you steal under $950, you can walk right out of the store. We just made... Stealing is stealing. I don't understand where we got off on the like moral train where we're like, hey, you know what? As long as you only kill one person, it's fine. Just don't kill more than one and you're not a murderer. What? Don't, hey, if you only raped five kids, it's okay. Just don't rape ten. Yep. That's where we're starting at. It's Matt's word of the day, degeneracy. These degenerates that we have in office are literally trying to tear society apart. And it's, if my store gets robbed and I'm a small business owner, losing $900 of assets is a big deal for me. Well, that's why most of the Walgreens and CVS stores have closed in San Francisco. About 18 And that's closed. a problem, too, because now mothers, parents, um, people living in San Francisco don't have access to a drugstore to get um, over-the-counter medicine. Yep. 
Because yeah. Walgreens and um, CVS are shutting down. Hair salons are shutting down. The homeless are moving in. Yep, and if you guys go look at it, I have the New York Post in front of us. We had a guy last week kind of coming in like Santa Claus through the aisles, got a black trash bag on a bike and walked in and said, hey, I'm robbing you guys. I'm going to pull every single oh, thing I off. Oh, I watched the that. That's exactly what's been happening in San Francisco for the last seven years. Hey, if the store owner or the security guard had a gun on him, I'm telling you it would have been a different story. And I he wouldn't, would I wouldn't be surprised. I will have to follow up on the location of this store, but I would not be surprised if they're closed within the next three months. And you can put that down on the no, record. I would as a as a Even business that, you major. Even that, few weeks. I would not. It's too much of a risk to my profit to have a store that can be robbed that easily. Um, what did the security guard do? He like, I mean, it's no, they they can't. They they he just like have to let him. him they he gave have him a to, little nudge. You can't you can't touch them. They're not even allowed to even touch them. And this is, and I so I looked up the crime index. San Francisco is only two percent safer than any other city in the country. And the scale is zero to 100. I don't live in San Francisco. I don't go to San Francisco. I would probably think your top city would probably be something like uh, Chicago. Yeah. Where people are murdered on the streets every single day, but nobody black likes to talk. crime. Don't oh. say those words to a leftist, but it does happen. It's yeah. a real thing. Yep. So, and that's just, the, like you said, is we've allowed people to come into power, and this is Republicans, Democrats. I will call it Republicans as easily as I will Democrats, because if you don't have a spine and you're not for American values that are going to help the American people, if you're not about jobs, not getting involved in another foreign wars and focusing on these policies that benefit Americans and focusing on the family, then what are you doing? You're going off and we're like, oh, we're going to reduce... We're all uh, carbon emissions, and people are actually polluters because we actually uh, exhale uh, carbon. What? Oh my goodness! Right? Um, so it's just so does AOC, but yeah, we don't get rid of her. right and Calforts and all these different things, and it's just a big mirage to get people worked up, fire up their activist base, base that they've actually created through our schools, and now adults are growing up, and these are the people on the front lines. They're not adults. They're degenerates. <laughs> there we go. I like that, Patrick. I like that. Um, They're the opposite of the generation before them. Yeah, and right before we get to our sheesh moment of the week, I think we got to talk about how Joe's healed America. Um, what and- has Joe Biden? Okay, and I really, I really try every day. I'm someone that but believes Jill, we need but to. Jill, res- but Jill Biden said that Joe has healed America. Listen, Jill Biden is. The That's most- another episode. <laughs> I, I hate can't believe these words are leaving my mouth, but probably the most domestic woman I've ever met in my life. And people are like, "What do you mean? She has no damn brain. She is the woman in like a seventies. She's a doctor. Reality show, doctor in education. I don't think that's real. Um, that's not a real. That's like a. That's beyond the soft sciences. I. It's embarrassing. She's like she walks around with a cheesecake in her hand, not knowing what the hell's going on inside her own house. So, Jill Biden is is a joke but on the presence of biden i really try my best every day to respect him as much as possible because he is president of the united states i may not like him it's kind of respect the office but, but not the- he makes it so incredibly hard when he was doing that the uh matt do you want to play the sound yeah i'm gonna pull up the clip audio clip number yeah three. the audio clip for this segment this little mini segment right here but he is embarrassing there, he does not demand respect from the country or from the world of international leaders Yep. So we have a clip here, the remix 
of Joe Biden whispering at his press conference. I think most whispering. of you guys have seen it, but you haven't heard the remix just like this. You guys are in for a treat. I got them $1.9 trillion in relief so far. It's free real estate. Hey, how you doing, love, mama? Let me whisper. We're going to be getting checks in the mail that are consequential. I like to whisper, too. So that's the whisper remix of the he, Biden. I think either he's whispering because he was having a senile moment and he thought he was playing like dollhouse or as I say, playing president. Or he was whispering because he knows that the things that he's accomplished and all of his bad ideas are so bad that he doesn't want to say them out loud too loud for the media to hear. Um, I, I honestly wish I, I don't like Kamala Harris, but I wish she would run the press conferences because at least I know that she demands a little more respect from like world leaders like Vladimir Putin. Um, the pre um, what is he like the president prime minister of Russia yep who is a threat to the US um, I don't know where Kamala stands with China she's probably best friends with Beijing being or whatever his name is <laughs> um, but at the bottom line at least I know when president Trump was president he demanded respect and I knew that if anyone messed with the US they'd, they'd pay for it with Biden I don't know if he'll be awake from his nap to handle it no. that no, and it really, it really saddens me that we have a president that is in office like this. Um, but I'm hoping it wakes people up. Um, some of the quotes from the piece say, uh, this is Jill Biden, um, in quotations, uh, people wanted someone to come in and heal this nation. Who? Um, I'm not going to go into that. We're not going to get into that. We're not going to talk about who. Um, getting shots in everybody's arms. Um, yeah, I know the the jabs and all that. That's a, that's a good thing. Um, what about uh, Operation Warp Speed? Uh, all the promises who? that Joe Wait, wait. Matt, who was the president that, that came up with that plan? Uh, I think his name was uh, Donald, right? Donald, Donald Trump? Trump? What? You mean the divisive, hateful leader, oppressor? He came up with Operation Warp Speed that allowed your your non-binary cucumber friend to get vaccinated <laughs> overnight? That was good. Yes, Donald J. Trump. Operation you... Warp Speed, right? Really? Yeah, crazy, That's right? Phenom I just wow. never would have thought about it. Exactly. I thought that was Biden, but, oh, wait, he wasn't president yet for that. Yeah, and then remember when Biden uh, put out a plan in the, in the fall of 2020, and it was the same exact plan as Donald Trump? Yeah. Huh, gee whiz, I wonder what I wonder happened. I already thought about that. He's like, oh, I had it when I was having milk and cookies before my nap. So, yeah, if if the government's your parents and Joe Biden is your father, is he's your daddy because the left has an obsession with the father figures and the mother figures. You mean the grandpa the figure. The grandpa figure. Good who old put, Joe. And this is the off topic, but who? Vogue. Let's talk about Vogue. Yeah, who Vogue. decided that putting Joe Biden on that cover was, was like anywhere attractive? Um... Just she's old, she's wrinkly. Hey, she's Patrick, wrinkly. we cannot judge because beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. Oh, right? yeah, and I'm <laughs> the eyes of the beholder, and she is not beautiful. Melania Trump couldn't get on the cover of Vogue, but Jill Biden, yeah, you put that man on that, that woman <laughs> on that cover. Oh, man. All right. Patrick with another, uh, he's popping off over here. He's going off. Um, and then the other quote was, He's just a calmer president. He lowers the temperature. 
and I'd well, say... Well, that's from all the Valium that they have him on to keep him calm. Yeah. He's just you don't want, whispering. You don't want someone with dementia to get mad. Yeah, good old Uncle Joe just coming in to save you. Yeah, good Let old... Let me whisper in your ear. Let me whisper in your ear. Um, as we usher in American decline. Come over here. Let me whisper in here and tell you about the fall of America that I'm ushering in. Yeah, it, it really saddens me. Um, the poor yeah, guy. enough about Joe. We'll probably cover him in some future episodes. There's going to be something next week. Never enough of yeah, Beijing never, Joe. Never enough about Beijing Joe and sniffing children and everything else he's done. Um, but moving on, we are going to be going on to the sheesh moment of the week. Um, this is the moment of the show where we just go, sheesh! sheesh. Um, yeah. And this week, we are going to a post-millennial piece that talks about Make-A-Wish. Make-A-Wish, if you guys don't know, is a nonprofit organization that goes and helps terminally ill children and make their wish come true. Um, I've actually worked with this organization. Um, I've done events with them in the past. I've donated to this organization. Yeah, I have as well. Most I will have. not be donating anymore. Yes, exactly. Um, as they now refuse to grant wishes to unvaccinated children. So you better get the jab if you want your wish uh, terminally Even if it kills you, because you may or may not have an immune system. Yep. So it's, like it says, that the life-changing wishes for children with critical illnesses. And they talk about uh, people having pre-existing conditions before getting the vaccine. And, and it's up to you to make your decision on if you are going to take the vaccine or not take the vaccine. I've chosen not to take the vaccine, and I stand firm on that. But I had to do my research and go, hey, maybe I'm 22 years old. I'm perfectly healthy. I have a good diet. I work out. Maybe it's not good to put something in my system of chemicals. And listen, it's on not, a trial basis. Yeah, no, exactly. And I'm not saying I'm not here to spread a conspiracy theory about the vaccine or what you should be doing with your body. Because at the end of the day, um, President Trump um, came up with Operation Warp Speed. He made sure the vaccines. He promoted the manufacturing of it um, of the vaccines. But I'm just saying that I th the vaccines were made for the vulnerable population, and it's at your choice, at your discretion. That's what we need to remember is that it's at your discretion. I'm 20 years old, I'm perfectly healthy, I have no underlying conditions. Um, my grandparents were vaccinated. Um, that was their decision. I'm happy that they feel safer or whatever they were going through, but I'm not going to vaccinate myself because I don't feel like it's needed. Now, if COVID was like the Spanish flu or gonna give me leprosy, hell yeah, sign me up, I'll be in that line tomorrow morning. But at the end of the day, I don't feel like I need to vaccinate. And this, this move by Make-A-Wish Foundation is disgusting. It's, it's disgusting. What do you do with a child that is terminally ill that cannot receive the COVID vaccine? You just tell them, oh, Timmy, you know what? Well, you're going to die, and you know, you're not going to be able to go to that zoo. You're not going to be able to see your favorite football player. It, it's, it's just it's disheartening. So bad. It's disheartening. They're using not being vaccinated as a weapon to hurt you you're hurting america's most vulnerable he's our this boy or this girl is already terminally ill cannot get the wish that he would like before they die and they are america's most vulnerable they're already dying and you want to take away their last wish before they die just because they cannot be vaccinated and they did not say any they haven't even mentioned what they're going to do with children that aren't that cannot be vaccinated and whether they get a wish they're just saying they're going to deny children that are not vaccinated from receiving a wish from the nonprofit, which is disgusting. And it's shown that 
that younger adults are less susceptible to it. But yeah, I traveled all COVID. I was in descent. I was in Florida in December with probably like 4,000 other people not wearing a mask. Hell, I lost my mask and I didn't have it for the whole trip. I had to get one at the airport. Um, And I never got COVID. Um, Well, not that I know of. And I'm perfectly fine. I haven't been wearing a mask that much unless it's absolutely required and I can't fight it. But I, I haven't got COVID yet. So, but yeah, no, I just think that it just makes me go, shoot, um, and it really or does sadden me. Um, I think both of us to think about that is when you know somebody that's terminally ill or um, getting near to death, and they're saying, "Hey, we're offering people um, an opportunity." It's a great foundation, the great messaging, but no. where they're going, um, and they're they're buying into the woke, the woke mob and the media. It just really saddens us. No, so it is. It's, yeah, it's disgusting. So, but appreciate everybody that listened into this episode. I know it's been a while. We're going to be trying to do them at least once a week um, and try to get everything. It just determines on the week um, yeah. and what we're doing, and hopefully be able to get some interviews for you guys. Um, but yeah, make sure to subscribe Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere you get your podcast. Yeah, and until next week, good luck, America. Thank you, guys. God bless.